Today we're excited. We've got a friend. Many of you have been here before when Caleb's, Caleb and Sarah have come to town. This is the third year that they've been here, third breakfast that he's done uh, in the last couple years. That's great to get to know uh, other people who are serving the kingdom of God. The thing that it always has excited me and encouraged me about Caleb is he, uh, a few years ago, and I shared this in, in service a couple times, a few years ago when I was out there with Corey, we were getting ordained, and I began to be introduced to the family, you know, the Doherty family, and, and he's married to Sarah Doherty, Billy Joe and Sharon's daughter, and uh, Caleb's a great guy. I began to see some things in their life, some characteristics and some traits over a couple years that God began to really just enlighten me to. The idea that there's a young man, a young woman, and the rest of the, the family as well, but especially these two, who will follow after what God has, regardless of the cost, regardless of, the, of, of what they have to go through. He will stand for his wife. He will stand for his children. He will stand for his God, and he will go out and proclaim the things that God's put in his heart to proclaim. You know, just being around and just learning a little bit more about them and getting to know them a little bit better has made me, really in my life, focus on that same thing. Am I giving my all for what God has called me to do? Am I laying down my life to follow Him? It doesn't mean that you have to go on the mission field. It doesn't mean you have to go do all those kind of things, but it means that you're going to go do what God's put in your heart to do and that you're going to go after people who are in the path because there are people everywhere. Caleb and Sarah worked on, at Victory on staff. They were part of Billy Joe and Sharon's ministry there and still help Sharon to this day. They've moved back to the States, but they left, sold their house, grabbed their kids, moved to Hong Kong, and uh, spent a year on the mission field going all through Southeast Asia. They came back to the States. They, they, they are based in Tulsa now, but they still jump right on a plane in Houston and they just go right back to Hong Kong, Cambodia, wherever that might be. They're headed back, I think, in September. So uh, they're all over the place. They're doing a lot of things. Let's have a warm welcome for my friend, Caleb Worley. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you guys today. And uh, it's always an honor uh, to come here and to have breakfast with you guys and to see who are the ones that get up early. I know you probably don't do this every Saturday morning, but uh, it's good whenever you can do it to get together and uh, just encourage each other. Uh, And that's my prayer. Just in the next few moments, we won't keep you long today, but uh, we will leave you strong. And uh, we believe that when you leave this place, you'll leave better than you came. And so why don't we just pray right now, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Father, I just thank you right now for this time that we have together. Lord, I thank you for every single one of my friends that are here. Whatever they're going through, whatever uh, situations that might be ahead of them even today, I pray, Lord, that you would just equip them in these moments that we have together. Lord, that they would be able to overcome every obstacle, that they would be able to bypass every problem, and that they would be able to Go beyond every storm because you are with them. So, Father, I pray right now that your spirit would guide, that you would direct, and that you would speak through me. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're telling us and what you're showing us in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as Pastor John said, um, you know, we travel uh, all throughout Southeast Asia and uh, different parts of the South Pacific. And uh, I was just recently in Mongolia for the first time. Uh, during the month of June, and we had a tremendous time there meeting with pastors from across the city, encouraging them, hearing what God is doing, and then finding ways that we can uh, partner with them and their churches and reaching out to the people of that uh, amazing country. And so we'll be doing some more outreaches next year in Mongolia. And it's always a privilege to just be able to go into different cities, 
uh, across the world and, and primarily for us as it's been in Asia these last uh, almost two years now of working there uh, and just see how God is moving. You know, sometimes when you're in the family of God, sometimes you can get this idea or just because it's all you see, you think that, you know, well, uh, you forget the people that are out there that are just like you. I mean, there are people in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, they're just like you, you are here in Lafayette. Now, they may look different. They may talk different. But you know what? They get together for a men's gathering. They have men's breakfasts, you know, just like you do. And uh, they just grew up in a different place. And the exciting thing to me is that when we get to heaven, that's what it's going to be like. Everybody from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, all getting together because we serve the same God. And uh, I just want to encourage you today, but uh, hopefully expand your, your faith, expand your vision to realize that what you are a part of is way bigger than you know. Let me tell you that again. Because you're a part of a family that's much bigger than what you realize. And I tell you that because sometimes when you're going through things and when you're up against things, you feel like that maybe you're all alone. Or you feel like that maybe there's only two or three people that can understand you or maybe have been through what you've been or have, have, you know, facing the things that you face. But I want to tell you, the family of God is big and it spreads out wide. And, there, you know, you don't have to feel like you're in this thing alone because you're not. You have family members all over this earth. And that could be an encouragement to you to realize, you know what, our Father God He's in heaven, but Jesus Christ lives on the inside of our hearts, and he actually is with us through his spirit, helping us. And I want to just encourage each of you, whatever decisions and choices that you have to make, don't just try to make them on your own. Allow the spirit of God to lead you in those things. Allow the spirit of God to be your direction and your guide in your daily routine. Everybody say, my daily routine. If we allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does best, and that is guide and direct our lives, imagine how different our lives are would look in just a short amount of time. Isn't that something? I mean, because some of you have realized that in your past. Maybe it's been, you know, 80 years, and you've realized, man, look at how much God has done. Well, just think about the next few years. Look how much God can do. Maybe you're 40. Look what God can do the rest of your life. And so I want to just share a few things that are on my heart. I feel really full this morning, and, and uh, I have a few different things, so I'm only going to preach about four or five messages in the next 30 minutes. Pray for me. No, I want to give you this scripture here, Proverbs. This, I believe, is a key. Proverbs 4 and verse 23, very familiar scripture, and we've heard it many times, but I want to just kind of bring this to the front of who we are and what we're supposed to be as men, as, as keepers of our houses, as keepers, you know, as men that are supposed to be leaders for the kingdom. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Another translation says, guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. You guys see that up there? Guard your heart with all diligence. The first thought I want to give you this morning, uh, before we look at at the topic that I I want to uh, kind of dive into, is making sure that we have a proper understanding of the importance of what we're allowing into our hearts. We need to be those who are guarding against things that are coming into our hearts. So here's the question. What are you currently allowing into your heart? Are you allowing fear or worry? Are you allowing anger or bitterness? Are you allowing resentment 
or anxiety? What are the things that you're allowing into your heart? You say, well, uh, you know, I have my heart is in the right place. I know we all have the right heart. I'm not asking if you have the right heart. I'm asking, what are you allowing into your heart? Because you can have the best intentions in the world, but if you allow things to come into your heart, then eventually it will produce fruit in your life. So we need to be those who don't just love after God with our heart, but who are guarding our heart from external things that are going on in our lives on a regular basis. Maybe things on your job or things in your family, maybe in relationships that you have, that if you aren't careful, those things can creep into your heart and then it will begin to come out of your life in First, it affects your thoughts because out of your heart, then it affects your thoughts. And once your thoughts are affected, then we know that our actions fall in line with that. So anyone that is ever trained in learning something new, you first have to get an idea of that thing, right, in your heart or a vision of that thing, whether if I'm going to be a welder, I have to at least know what welding is. So I have to get a definition of it. Then I have to look at how somebody welds and have to get that image in my heart. And then after I listen and I begin to practice that, then I can eventually figure out how to be a welder. You guys seeing that? Well, it's the same way in the family of God. We have to keep the image of God and the image of God's plan and his likeness on the inside of us. Now, we know we're created in his image, but the word helps us to renew who we really are in Christ. And that's why the Bible is saying here it's so important to guard our heart because out of it flow the issues of life. Let me give you this example. The first time I went to Beijing, uh, I was there, and we were doing some ministry in the city. We had about a, a, a few hours, and so I took a trip out of the city, and I went to uh, the Great Wall of China. Now, how many of you ever been to the Great Wall of China? Let me see your hand. Anyone ever been there? Okay. Well, how many of you ever seen it on TV, let's say? Okay, you've watched a movie, Karate Kid, or something. And uh, so I remember the first time I'm there to the Great Wall of China, you know, we go up and we're looking and this thing is massive. I mean, it's, it's gigantic. You know, it goes as far as I can see in both directions. It's, it's huge. You know, it's, the bricks are so big. And I'm looking at this thing and there's all these tourists, you know, from Japan and all these other places with their cameras in America, like me, I got my phone and we're taking pictures of this thing. We're so excited and it's an amazing tourist attraction. And I was asking our guide and I said, what was the real purpose of the Great Wall? I mean, I see all these people now. They're standing up here. They're taking trams. They're riding slides down it. And, you know, it just looks like this wonderful thing. I said, but why was this thing built? I mean, I had some idea, but I wanted to hear it from him. He said, well, we see this thing as a tourist attraction today. But he said the Great Wall of China was built as a defensive force from invading tribes from the north. And he said from the 3rd century to the 17th century, Okay, so for 14 century, centuries, I mean, that's a lot longer than our country's been in existence. Okay, so for 14 centuries, this thing was a guardian for the country of China from the invading lands in the north. And when he said that, it was like something, you know, broke loose in my heart. And God said, that's exactly how you have to be about guarding your heart. You need to be so intentional. You need to be so purposeful about the, the things that you allow into your heart. Just as in the natural, we can build defensive forces and we can build something like that wall to keep people out. We need to be on guard with the things that we're letting into our heart. Because if we let selfishness or pride or wrong emotives or wrong ambitions into our heart, then eventually it will come out of our lives. Now, the book of Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you know the fruit of the Spirit? Let me see your hands. You've at least heard of one of them, like love. Okay? Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Okay? So there's nine fruit of the Spirit. And I was thinking about 
this aspect of guarding our hearts. And as I was praying and I was reading through the scriptures, it was like the Lord said, do you remember what I, I told you in the New Testament about the fruit of the Spirit? I said, yeah, there's nine fruits of the Spirit. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, well, how are the fruits of the Spirit supposed to become evident in your life? And I thought, well, I'm not sure. Tell me some more. Well, I mean, I have ideas, but I want, I, I want the Holy Spirit to teach me because he's a much better teacher than I am. And so I'm, I'm listening as I'm in prayer, and the Holy Spirit says, well, the way that the fruits of the Spirit come out of your life is by what you're putting into your heart. And I thought, okay. So the more we're monitoring our heart, then the more we're allowing God's word and the things that he tells us to, to meditate on, and we put those things into our heart, then whatever you put into your heart will be the byproduct of your life. So the goal is to let God's fruit come out of our lives. Isn't that right? How many of you, you would agree that if you operated in all nine of those fruits of the Spirit on a regular basis, you would probably have less problems. Isn't that right? I mean, I agree with that. I mean, my, you know, I wouldn't have any, as much problems you know, with family members or my wife probably wouldn't get on to me as much about this or you know, kids, I wouldn't have as problems with them. Why? Because those things would be coming out of our lives. So our goal, we, we would like to see those things coming out of our lives. So if that's the case, we have to be those who are going to guard the things that we're allowing into our hearts. Do you see that? So I want to encourage you with that because it's very important if we're going to be the men that God has called us to be, if we're going to be the leaders, if we're going to be whether you're 16 or whether you're 65, wherever you are, you still have great things in store for your life that God wants you to do. But it's not going to come accidental. It's going to come purposeful. Okay? We would all agree that God has great things in store for our lives every single day. Isn't that right? But we would probably also all agree that it doesn't just happen automatic. Right? We have to do something. The book of Ephesians says it this way, that, uh, that um, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, which God prepares beforehand, which we should walk in. There's a very important word in there. We should walk in them. In other words... John, you should come over here, but you have a choice whether you're going to come over here or not. You should come right over here and grab my Bible. But you know what? You have a choice of whether you're going to do that or not. And that's right, you don't need to. But it, it, it's like God saying, you know what? You should, you should get up and you should go over there and reach out to that person. You should go get yourself something to eat. But you still have to make that choice to fall in line with what you should do. So God has prepared good things before us which we should walk in. That denotes a choice on our part. So, you guys, what's your name, man? Aaron. All right, Aaron, God has great things in store for your life that you should walk in. But you know what, Aaron? You have to choose to walk in those things. You have to choose every single day. Just like Willie. I met Willie a couple of years ago. Now I know Aaron. And, and next year, maybe there'll be somebody else that, you know, God, God wants to work. But we have to make those choices. Isn't that right, Willie? You said, I I'm, I'm right now I'm looking where I'm supposed to choose to go. I'm going to go east. I'm going to go west. Well, God has someone. He has the best place for you, but he has it laid out. But you have to figure out what is it, and I need to go after that. So if we should walk in those things, and if it's laid out for us, what helps us in the determining process of whether we get up and we go get that thing or whether we get up and we cross the room? What helps us in the process? Guarding our hearts. Because when your heart is guarded, then your heart, out of it, flow the issues of life. So when you're at a place where you're guarding your heart and you're allowing the right things into your heart, then it'll affect your thinking, and your thinking will affect your actions. So how do we get to the place where we should and we actually walk in those good things that God has prepared beforehand for us to walk in? We are those who are continually monitoring our lives and guarding our heart in whatever area. If you don't like the fruit in your life, monitor the things that you're putting into your heart. It's a very important thing for us to understand. 
And so I believe that in order for us to, to get to this place, there's a word that I want to kind of focus on just for the next few minutes, and that word is courage. Everybody say courage. courage. Say it like you mean it. Come on, you're a bunch of guys. Say courage. courage. It takes courage to be those who step out and to stand against what others just allow into their lives. It takes courage for you to be the husband that you need to be. It takes courage for you to be the businessman that you need to be for the kingdom. It takes courage for you to step out and to be the example when everybody else is just kind of drifting, you know, along and, and, and you know, they think, it, you know, they can just do certain things, but you realize, you know, I can't do those type of things. I can't think that way. I can't speak to my kids or my family that way. I can't operate the way that other people operate because why? We are part, we are set apart. We are part of a different kingdom even though we're in this world. So it takes courage for us to do certain things in life. But on the flip side of us stepping out in that courage and, and guarding our hearts, we see the fruit of God coming out of our lives in amazing ways. And his blessing follows that. You know, his, his mercy that is new every morning enables us to walk in that courage. But I just want us to think about, just for a moment, this idea of courage. You know, there's a great example of this in Deuteronomy 31. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Deuteronomy 31, this is where Moses is about to, to finish his time on the earth, and his, he's just finished leading the children of Israel through the wilderness. And this is a passage where Moses, Moses is encouraging Joshua. And he says to him, Look, Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is one who goes with you, and he will not leave you or forsake you. So here's a great example of Moses encouraging Joshua. Look, Joshua, there's great things for your life. There's great things for you to continue that I've already started here, but you need to have courage. You need to be those that can step out in the face of adversity and go after whatever it is that God is calling you to do. And I believe that if we're going to see the things that we want to see in our churches, if we're going to see the things we want to see in our families, in our businesses, we have to be the men that determine, you know what, we're going to be someone who guards our heart but has courage to step out and say, you know what, I'm going to go after the things that God tells me to do. Just like I was talking, tell me your name again. David. I was talking with David last night. He was telling me about his business, telling me about, you know, how God has given him visions to do stuff. And he stepped out and he's doing stuff that maybe others passed by day after day and thought, oh, that's impossible. That, that place can't ever make it. But you know what? He said, you know what? I'm going to step out. I'm going to take courage and I'm going to step out in this. And then in that process, there might be things that come up. There might be oppositions. But when you're walking in courage and the stuff comes and you're guarding your heart, then you're not detoured by what people say. You're not detoured by what people think. You're not detoured by how it, hap how it worked for somebody else. You're determined by the will of God and by what God has spoken to you. All right? That's why this understanding of courage is so important. So in other words, what Moses was telling Joshua was, you have what it takes. Manny, you have what it takes. You know that? You have what it takes to get out of the stuff that you've been in and go into the things that God wants you to go into. You know what? You have what it takes. You have it. You know that? You know that? You have what it takes. That's what God is reminding us here. 
He's telling Joshua, and, and all throughout Joshua chapter 1, we, we don't have to read through that, but you can see it time after time. He says, be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. I mean, he, he reminds him continually, be strong and of a good courage. Why? Because there are so many oppos- obstacles and oppositions to us being the, pre- the people that we're supposed to be. There are oppositions every day. When you woke up this morning, there were oppositions that tried to keep you from coming here. There were, maybe there was a baby that was your opposition. And, and your wife, maybe she was in opposition this morning. She said, honey, yeah, I got all these things you're supposed to do. You said, I got to get over there to the men's group. Maybe some of you came to the men's group this morning just because you wanted to get away from all that stuff. And you thought, this is the only hour and a half in my, my weekend where I'm going to get away from all of that. You know? Sometimes you just have to have courage even when it's not easy. But you know what's important is God will give you that courage and then it will help you to actually be the the better husband. It will help you actually be the better father. It will help you. You you don't need to run away from those things. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when you get the courage, it will actually help you to be, be more equipped and well able in those things that God has given you. And so you need to have this understanding that I do have what it takes. Every single one of you has what it takes to do the things that God has called you to do. So if there's obstacles and there's things that you're facing right now and you feel like, I don't know how I'm going to get the wisdom on this. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, uh, make it in this season of life that I'm in. Or, you know, it was great before, but now I don't know how great things are going to be. Or, you know, it's never been great and I don't know if it's going to be great in my future. No, I want, I want to encourage you, just like the Lord was encouraging Joshua here, that you have what it takes. Be strong and of a good courage. We need to have this determination deep on the inside of our hearts. It needs to be ingrained in us. Because when it's ingrained on the inside of you, then when you come up against the stuff, you realize, you know what? I have what it takes to make it through this thing. I have what it takes to make the right decisions and to be that person that is guarding my heart. Because when you guard your heart, then the fruit of your life will be what God wants to have come out of your life. So here's a couple of thoughts. Uh, Here's a quote I want want to just give you this. It's easy to drift downstream with other fish. Any fishermen here? All right. It's easy for the fish to go down together, but it takes courage to swim upstream. Isn't that right? Because everybody else is going down, but someone of courage goes upstream. So two thoughts I just want to give you, and then there's an illustration I want us to, to look at here. Someone of courage has the ability to shake off the past and to look ahead to the future. Okay? Shake off the past. Apostle Paul wrote it this way in Philippians. He said that we have to forget the things that are behind us and we have to focus on the things that are ahead of us. Not that the things behind us have all been bad or maybe they've all been good, but you can't, folk, you can't move forward when you're looking in the past. Isn't that right? I mean, you can only go so far and then you start running into things and things get all messed up, right? So we can't move forward when we're looking in the past. So we have to have the ability to shake off the past. I remember I used to play basketball. I used to be all right. I know I may not look like it now, but when I was in high school, I used to play basketball. And I remember one time I was in a game, and I was not doing so great. I had three points at halftime, and uh, one of my uh, f- you know, uh, friend's dads who was on the sidelines, he came up to me uh, at, at halftime, and he said, hey, what's the deal? Because I usually average about 24, 25 points a game. He came up to me and said, hey, you're doing terrible out there. Now, I didn't need him to tell me I was doing terrible. Thank you very much for the encouraging words. He said, well, I've been counting. You only have one three-pointer, three points. He said, that's not helping the team. Thank you again. And I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I thought I'm, I'm trying, and uh, it's just not working today. I said, maybe it's just not my day. He said, no, you can do it. And I thought, well, I think I can do it, but it's not working. 
He said, well, let me just challenge you. He says, I'm not sure if you can do it or not, but I want to challenge you to go out there and to get 20 points this next half. He said, if you do that, then I'll buy you dinner. Now I have a motivation. You see, sometimes we don't realize that God gives us motivation in the word. I mean, it's just right there. He gives us longevity of life. He gives us peace, happiness, joy, all these things. I mean, there's thousands of promises in the Word. And sometimes we just need to get into the Word so that we can get motivated, so that our lives will actually see you know, different things come to pass than what we've seen you know, right now or what we've seen you know, before. And so he told me that, and I thought, and I went out there, I thought, man, what is this guy thinking? You know, he just thinks he can just tell me that. But something on the inside of me, like courage, started to rise up. I said, well... If he thinks that, you know, I could go out there and do that and he's going to buy me dinner, then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove him that I can do this. So I remember going out there in the second half and remember talking about shaking off the past. I remember starting the third quarter and I couldn't focus on what had happened the first two quarters. All I could focus on now was what was going to happen the next two quarters. It wouldn't be beneficial to me if I thought, oh, how many shots I missed. No, I had to go into the third quarter thinking every shot I shoot, I have to make it. Because I want my team to win, I want to be successful, and I want to prove this guy that I, you know, he needs to buy me dinner because I showed him that I scored 20 points this half. So I remember going out there, and you know, to summarize the story, I ended up scoring the points. I ended up with 28 points, so I scored 25 that half. And I remember as I was shooting the free throws, as I got past my 25th point, I just looked over at this guy, and I just smiled, and he was just shaking his head like this. And I scored that next point, and I realized that. I was the same player in both halves. I didn't get more, um, you know, I, I didn't grow a whole lot. I didn't gain muscles that I didn't have the second half that, I, you know, that I, you know, or the second half that I didn't have the first half. I was the same exact person, but something shifted on the inside of my heart. And I believe that we have that ability to shift things in our lives on a continual basis so that we can see more of God coming out of our lives. We can see more of God's fruit coming out of our lives. But we have to determine that. And we have to say, you know what, God, regardless of what's happened, I'm going to shake it off and I'm going to look for the future. All right. And that's what I want to leave you guys with thinking about today is that we need to be men of courage. We need to be men that are those that are guarding our hearts. And it takes courage to guard your heart when everybody else is doing certain things or whenever, you know, other, you know, society is going one direction. We need to be those who are guarding our hearts. But we have to have the courage to do that. But when you have the courage and you flip the switch on the inside and you can shake off stuff of the past, you'll be amazed at what God can do. I believe even for this church, you'll be amazed at how God uses this church to begin to reach even more people in this community. Because I don't know about you, but on my way from the hotel to here, I was just thinking, you know what? There's probably a lot of people around this town who need Jesus. Have you seen three or four of them lately? Maybe at the donut shop before you came here and ate breakfast. I know some of you ate donuts before you came and that's all right. Coffee or whatever it is. There are people that need Jesus. That's what it's all about. We have to have courage so that we can affect this world for him. And there's a little illustration that I just want to give you guys. If you go up to that, uh, that one slide that we had back there, uh, the, just the one single slide that I gave you guys, there's this example that I want to show you guys because I believe all of us would like to get to our potential in life. How many say I would like to get to my potential in life? Okay. So go ahead and throw that, uh, that first, just click the first button there. You'll see a line, guys. It'll say current status. All right. So we have current status. Flip it one more time. And we have our potential. All right. Just leave it there. 
So I'm going to draw while you guys can look up there just so it helps myself. Okay, so we have our current status. We'll call that right here, where you're at. Okay, wherever you are. Whether you're, how old are you, Manny? 27, all right. How old are you, sir? 68, okay. So we have 27 and 68. Now, if you looked at, at both of those, you would say, oh, well, he, he, he needs to look to be this position and and he maybe doesn't have a position or 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 you know he needs to look to somebody else how old are you sir 89 okay so many times we think oh there's this progression but i would say that all of you are at the exact same place because you're where you need to be at right now in this time in life okay so we're all at the right place of our current status but we all have more potential that we can go to isn't that right some of you feel like well my potential is is you know realized and it's over no you have more potential that you can go to. So we have our current status and we have our potential, all right? Now, then what we have in the midst of that, click the button again. What we have in the midst of that is a level of hard, okay? So we'll call this the hard level, all right? So we have current status and potential. The reason that's the level of hard, because if getting to your potential was easy, then everybody would be there. Isn't that right? How many of you ever played sports? Okay, in training for sports, there was uh, a level of hard that got the people that were better, that got them to that place that the people that weren't that good just couldn't, they just weren't willing. They just couldn't pay the price. They couldn't show up to practice. They, they didn't, you know, they couldn't lose the weight, whatever it was. So everybody has potential. Now, everybody doesn't have the same potential, but they have potential. Okay, that's where we need to understand. Now, Manny doesn't have the same potential as my brother here, but you know what? They have potential. His potential may be different for his life. His potential is different for his life. So we can't compare our success in life based on what it looks like for somebody else. We can only base it on who we are and God has created us to be. Okay? We're all in the same place. Okay? So we have our potential and we have our current status. We have the level of heart. Here's what happens many times. And this is what I want to kind of leave you with this thought is many times in the road of life, we're moving, moving up towards our potential. So go ahead and click that button again up there, guys. We're moving towards this level of hard here. Uh, and what happens is that we're kind of on this journey. And we're going kind of, you know, in different directions. Sometimes we, you know, we're going over here to this school. We're going over here to this job. You know, we have, you know, we're, we got married over here. And now we have kids over here. So we're moving towards our potential. But all the while, go ahead and click that again one more time. All the while, um, th- this thing is like a coil. But if you know anything about coils or springs, you know, you know that a spring is tighter as it, it, it winds up. Isn't that right? So the coil might start out slow, but then click it again. So as the coils, push it one more time. Okay, so as, the co- as you start moving up, your, your current status is actually moving up with you, right? So our current status now becomes this level. But what happens to our coil where, when it was down here, and, and this is our level of heart, the coil actually gets smaller, right? It, it gets tighter, right? So there's actually tension and there's actually pressure that's applied. Okay, click that one more time. So the pressure is applied. You see that? Here's what happens so many times in life. When you're actually moving on your way to a higher potential and on your way to increasing, on your way to a better marriage, on your way to a better business, that when the pressure is applied, people do one of three things. How many of you want to know what those three things are? Okay, two of you want to know? Okay. So here we are. This is you right here. 
You're moving towards your potential. This is the level of hard. And your spring is now getting tighter and tighter and tighter. You can feel it. Stuff in your family, you can feel it. Stuff in your business, you can feel it. Stuff with your kids, you can feel it. And one of three things happen at this moment. So I'll, I'll just stand over here on this side. You can follow it along up there. Uh, um, just leave it where it's at there. But one of three things happen. So as we're getting up here, people, when they're on their way to level hard and pressure is applied, one of three things happens. First thing is, people, they go back down because they say it's too difficult. Maybe I missed it. Maybe um, I wasn't supposed to be in this business, whatever it is. And they say, oh, it's too difficult. I'm just going to go back down. So the first thing is they just jump back down. They say, you know what? I wasn't cut out to be in this church. I wasn't cut out to be this leader. I wasn't cut out to start this small group. I wasn't cut out to serve in this area. I wasn't cut out to play this sport. I wasn't cut out to be in this business, whatever it is. And they jump back down. How many of you have ever seen that? Okay. I'm not saying how many of you have ever been that. I'm just saying you've ever seen that in somebody, right? Don't look at your neighbor, but you've, you've seen that, right? The second thing that happens is and that as we start moving forward, actually, as we're moving forward towards the thing that we're supposed to move toward, towards, as we're moving forward towards the breakthrough, as we're moving forward towards the higher potential, the second thing that happens is we jump out. We jump out of that. And we jump out by starting to plan our escape. Let me give you an example of that. Um, somebody's, maybe somebody's newlywed. They got married. And, uh, you know, marriage, the idea of marriage and the reality of marriage are two different things. And so as they're now married in this relationship and things are getting, you know, harder and harder because their flesh is dying more and more, their pride has to, you know, be eliminated. Man, things just are getting more difficult. And all the married people said, I know what you're talking about, right? It's not that it's bad. It's that you need to adjust. It's that you need to grow. It's that you need to lay down the selfish things that you lived with for so many years. And so what happens is a lot of times people, when that pressure is applied and they're actually on their way to getting breakthrough, they begin to plan their escape. They begin to say, oh, well, this is not right. And this person is wrong is wrong or this thing is not working. And we begin to plan our escape. We begin to plan our escape in our business. It's like the people that were fine before the economic crisis, right? The people that they were fine, their job was fine, their business was fine, but then the economic crisis happens. And because everybody else is concerned about things, they begin to think, well, I should be concerned about things. Well, I should be concerned about my finances. I should be concerned about my situation. And there are a lot of people that ended up losing their houses or ended up losing things in their life that should have never lost it all because their mentality was, whoa, well, I should be concerned. Maybe I should do this. And they begin to plan their escape even before things happen. They begin to think, well, well if things don't look good for them, then they're not going to look good for me. And, and they begin to jump right out until they see the breakthrough. They begin to jump out and begin to plan their escape. They begin to plan in whatever it is. And I want to encourage you that we can't be those who plan our escape, who jump out. We can't be those who jump back down. But we have to be those who press through. Because for those who press through the level of hard, something amazing takes place. Now go ahead and click that slide again. When you press through the level of hard, the, the, the great thing is that you now have established a new current status. So that thing that used to be so difficult for you 
now just becomes very easy. That thing that you used to think was so hard for you to understand actually is something that actually helps you and is very easy for you. Like those of you that now understand your wife, if you do, let's just explain it to me. But for those of you that do, you understand her, let's say, at least more, then you realize it's actually more of a help to, to you than what you used to think. You used to think that because she was different, it was a hindrance. But now you realize because she's different, it actually strengthens you. It actually makes you better. So that thing that actually was challenging to you actually becomes an addition to your life that actually helps strengthen your foundation. You see that? So here's what happens. Your current status is now moved higher, and once you break through the level of hard, you're actually closer to your potential. Now let's say, here, I had a question, a student in a class one time I was teaching at Bible school on this principle, and, and I said, okay, now you've reached your potential. He said, well, what happens when we reach our potential? And I said, well, do you think that your potential ever stops? And he said, well, I'm not sure. I said, well, let me tell you when your potential stops. Because most of you think, well, my potential's not going to stop. And, and I agree. When does it stop? At the grave. The potential stops when, two times actually, the potential stops when you are in a coffin and there's a lot of people there gathered in a room and they're saying great things about you and you are no longer breathing. So that's the first time when your potential stops. The second time your potential stops is when Jesus returns. Okay, so if Jesus hasn't returned and you're still alive and breathing, then your potential is still ahead of you. So we move from this place, current status to potential, and then we repeat the cycle continually in our lives. Why? Because God wants to take us from where we are continually, like Bible says, glory to glory. He wants to take us from this place to another place. And then we get to that place, he wants to take us from that place to another place. So we need to be those who have courage in this process that have courage to keep pressing through, keep pressing through the hard time, keep pressing through the adversity, keep pressing through whatever those things are that are trying to hold you back right now from walking in your realized potential that God has laid out for you in life. And the reason I said it's so important to have courage is because it takes courage not to do what everybody in life wants to do, and that is plan your escape and jump out or jump back down because things are difficult. But God hasn't created us to jump out of things. He's created us to break through things. He hasn't created us to run away from things. He's created us to go beyond things. And if we're going to be men of courage, and if we're going to be men that make a difference in this life with our families, with our businesses, with the choices we make, with the the places that we're involved in, then we have to be men who who are going to stand up, who are going to guard our heart, and we're going to have courage to break through and see God do amazing things in and through our lives. Do you guys believe that today? Did you guys get anything out of that? All right, why don't you stand to your feet and let's have a time of prayer. Why don't you just bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. Father, we just thank you for this time today. I thank you for all these wonderful men. I thank you for the different families that are represented here, God, the young and the old. I thank you, Father, for the amazing things that you have in store for each and every one of us. And Father, I thank you for just your word that brings truth, that brings revelation to our lives. And Father, I pray right now for those that are here that might be, Lord, in the midst of planning their escape or might be in the midst of jumping out of those things that you have put them in. Father, we realize in life sometimes we can mess things up by our own desires, our own choices, but God, we also realize that you do lead us in things and that just because you lead us doesn't mean it's just going to go easy, but we know that you are with us. Just as you were with Joshua when you said, be strong and have a good courage, God, I know that you are with us because your word says you never leave or forsake us as well. 
So, Father, I just pray right now for every single person that's here. And right now, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I just want to pray for those of you that are here. We're just going to pray for you where you are because of time and space here this morning. But if you're here and you say, you know what, I realize I've been in some difficult situations. I've felt like I've wanted to jump back down or I've felt like maybe in my mind I've been planning my escape route, maybe in your business or maybe in your family or maybe in other areas of your life and you realize, you know what, I need to have the courage to just keep going in the direction that God has put me in and I know that I'm going to see his faithfulness in my life. If that's you, you say, you know what, I realize that I've been doing that, but I'm encouraged today to just keep pressing through. If that's you, just lift your hand all over this place. I want to just pray and agree with you. All right, many hands all over this place. Why don't we all just do this right now? Why don't we all just lift our hands high to heaven? Father, I just thank you right now for every single person that's here. Let's all just pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for giving me the strength and for giving me the courage to do everything that you want me to do. And today I make a decision to guard my heart from anything that would detour my life. I want your will and your ways to be evident in my life. Jesus, have your way in me. Now, Father, I pray right now, and I thank you for your Holy Spirit that's ministering to lives and hearts. I thank you for, Lord, those that need to shake off the past. Lord, wrong decisions, situations they've been in. And I pray, Lord, that they would be able to see your future that you've planned for them. And, Lord, they would have the courage and the strength to be the men that you've called them to be. In every season of life, that we would press on and that we would break through. And we would see you doing amazing things in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, why don't we just rejoice this morning? Come on, are you guys doing good this morning? Amen. Pastor John.